Chabad, now we're going to do Yemei Chabad for the ninth day of Nisan in Tovresh Tzadik Tes. That's in 6,099. This was um, difficult time. This was the time, this was the day that the father, Rabbi Levi Yitzchok Schneerson, the father of the Rebbe, the great genius, the great hostage, Rabbi Levi Yitzchok Schneerson, the father of the Rebbe, who... Um, who was a rabbi in the city of Yekaterinoslav or Nepepetrovsk, known as today. He was arrested by the Bolsheviks. Uh, this was on the ninth, the night, at night time of the ninth of Nisan Tovre Sadik Tess, yeah. March 29, 1939. And this was, this took a place in three after midnight. This was actually at 3 a.m. after midnight. There were knocks at the door of the home of Rebbe Levi Yitzchok, who lived on the street Brigadne, number 13 Brigadne, in the city of Nepe Petrovsk, Yakatrina Slav. When the Rebbe Tzimchana opened the door, you know, imagine in the middle of the night, you're hearing banging, knocking at the door, she opened the door. The, huh? I think it's Brigadne. Here it says Brigadne. That's the Barikadne, you think? All right, well. It's, uh, the, yeah, up there were the Enkavadeh, they called them, the KGB. Uh, at that time they were called Enkavadeh. Uh, and uh, four men of them were standing there. Where is Rabbi Schneerson, they demanded, as soon as they entered into the home. While the Rebetzin was going to tell her husband about these unwanted guests, these uh, four men walked behind her and they stood next to any, every door from the doors of the home. One of the people of the Ankavadeh showed Rebbe Levi Yitzchok an order, a search and an arrest warrant. He showed it to the uh, Rebbe's father, to Rebbe Levi Yitzchok. Without delay they started their work. They inspected all the books that were organized in five bookcases. There were mystical books, the books of the Kabbalah. There were uh, many uh, correspondence of Shailas and Shuvas in handwriting. There were letters and uh, telegrams that were from outside of the country and various communications. Everything passed through their very meticulous eyes. They all packed it all up in bundles and they took it with them. They worked until 3 a.m. And after they inspected the entire house, they turned to Rebbe Yitzchok and they said to him, Rebbe, uh, put on your coat, get dressed and come with us. This was the Rebbe's father. That was Rebbe's father-in-law. This was Rebbe Yitzchok. That was the Rebbe's father. Since these days were very close to Pesach, it was the ninth day of Nisan, it was almost Pesach, and the uh, Rebbe Levi Yitzchok understood that on Pesach he will not be at home. So they allowed him to take a small package that had two uh, kilos of matzahs, two kilograms of matzahs. When the Rebetzin came the next day to the uh, police uh, to bring for him food. She was told that in the prison they provide food for all the prisoners 
and that the food is kosher according to all the Jewish laws. And in general, you should know that your husband is not even here. He just he doesn't doesn't even, he's not even here. So they have avoided of every time avoided her to uh, accept every time she would bring food. It was only after several days that she had received notification that her husband is in the local prison and that she can pass and bring him food and money. After several days, the uh, authorities transferred him to the prison in the city of Kiev, together with other criminals who were uh, convicted of very serious crimes. The holy Rebbe, uh, the holy rabbi and genius and chassid Rebbe Yitzchok was imprisoned by the authorities because they saw in the Rebbe, in the Rebbe Levi Yitzchok, as one who is substituting for the uh, previous Lubavitcher Rebbe who has left some 12 years before in Tafresh Pezai Peches in the beginning. He left earlier. They saw him as the uh, replacement of him and that he is organizing all the Jewish activity in the Russian uh, Empire. They tried with all their powers to prove that he is working against the government. And therefore they placed him under very, very difficult conditions in the prison. And they would switch him from one prison to the other prison. And they actually always put him into consolatory uh, confinement. So yeah, for 32 days, it's called the Tzinuk. I'm assuming that this means Consolatory confinement, but he stood as a stone firmly. He never admitted any kind of guilt, anything that they tried to pin on him. Never said anything. It is related by one of the people who was a witness who was together with the Rebbe's father with Rebbe Levi Yitzchok in prison. He said. And this is his testimony. He says, who can withstand these tests? He says, amongst the very few, one who was tortured in this uh, kiln of torture was He never admitted, he never signed on his guilt. He was like a wonderful warrior he accepted all of the pain that were his lot, but he never caved in. Never caved in. He accepted the judgment of heaven with love, and those who tortured him, he never admitted to them anything. Throughout this uh, bloodthirsty, awesome period of time, in which millions got caught up in that thing, he says, the Rebbe of Yekaterinoslav was the only one who this fire of the Gerhenim could not break him. It did not, and the strong arm of the Russians could not uh, cause him to cave in. This fact 
was sort of transferred within the prisons as some tale of wondrous tale about Rebbe Levi Yitzchak. Everybody spoke about Rebbe Levi Yitzchak as if as, uh, as about a very great and elevated person. After several months of his investigation, notwithstanding the fact that the government had no clear proofs that he did anything wrong, he hadn't done anything, but you know, Stalin didn't need any proofs about anybody that he did anything survived. wrong. What? And he, survived. he survived. So they decided to have Rebbe Levi Yitzchok move away from any environment that has anything to do with Jews, so that he pushed him away somewhere. They sent him away for five years of exile in East Asia, and uh, eventually, as we know, he passed away over there while he was there in um, in Almaty, and uh, and um, he um, had a, a great deal of Yisurim of pain over there as well in his during his exile and we also re- read about the heroic activities of his wife the Rebbe Tzalchana who came there and tried the best she can to ease his uh, difficulties, his predicament and she provided for him some outlet with, by producing papers and inks and various different other other items in ways she helped the uh, Rebbe, uh, Rebbe's father of Levi to survive. And matter of fact, she brought out with her when she came out of Russia, she saved many of his writings. Today we have published several books, uh, very uh, profound and very intense uh, analysis of, especially of the Kabbalah and the uh, fluency in every aspect of Torah. You know, sometimes when you read some of this history, it gives you a little bit of a understanding where the Rebbe took that power, that energy to be able to become uh, the leader of the world as the Rebbe did and continues to lead how he got this and you see that this was part of the Rebbe's history that was part of in the DNA that was his uh, family with his father and his mother and all the people that came before him. Was um, the Rebbe's father? The Rebbe's father. Did the Rebbe have any brothers and sisters? The Rebbe had, yes. The Rebbe had two brothers. The Rebbe had uh, two brothers he had. He had two brothers. And, um, uh, no, they were, the Rebbe was the oldest one. The Rebbe was the oldest one. And they had, he had two brothers. And we've read about, you know, the, about the, some of the history about the Rebbe's brothers. And that was the Rebbe's brother's daughter that we were talking about. Oh, the one from Israel. From Israel that they moved. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right, and right. Uh, uh, various different... Uh, no, no, actually that one was Rebbe Levick's, uh brother's family. Yes. That was a cousin. So that would be but the Rebbe, yeah, that, that, that story we read then. Yeah. But there's various different things. No, but we'll, we'll read and we've read about, uh, about two of the Rebbe's, uh, Rebbe's brothers. But uh, I guess uh, the Rebbe together, he had both sides being a descendant from the Tzemach Tzedek and from his father. And on top of that, then he became a son-in-law of the previous Rebbe. Yeah. So he combined so to speak, the best, the best of the best on all sides and, uh, and then that's, that's what we have, uh, you know, we have Baruch Hashem, what we had is that, but you know, these people were real and they really suffered, but um, you know, I think
the hardest thing is to stay strong when you have no support of anybody. You don't have your environment, you have your community, and you're facing you just some of these cruels. What? Your community couldn't support you because nobody was on their back. Yeah, but there was no supporter of zero. No, and still to stay strong and not to give in, that is like, take, requires uh, endless amount of inner strength to be able to not break and uh, not have them, you know. It was uh, 1939. Europe was in war. 